Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pale Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Moskis and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fine Saturday special of Two Nerdskis and a Podcast, the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. As always, of course, I'm one of your nerdskis. This is Eric. And as I said, it is a Saturday special, and that means it is the finale of the longest special we've probably ever done so far at this point. Who knows when the next special is going to be this long? But Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the finale of the Reese special. Now, in case anyone here is joining us for the first time and wondering what the hell is the Reese special, essentially, all the way back in January of 2021, uh, Jeff and I had our friend Reese on, and we were going to release this uh, all in its entirety, but I probably thought it was probably better that we did it in installments. But essentially, we spent about four hours talking just chewing the shit, going Joe Rogan style. We went on like a whole bunch of topics, like uh, basically catching up with Reese, um, how we got to know Reese. Um, Duff, we talked about Star Wars at nauseum. Like Jeff went on this like giant tirade for like, or is it a rant? I don't remember. It was, it, all I know is it went from like 30 to basically an hour long <laughs> discussion or rant from Jeff, very impassioned speech. And then from there, um, and then from there, we went and talked about religion, specifically Jehovah's Witnesses and Scientology. And then we talked about video games. And now we have reached the final portion of the re-special. And I, I mentioned at the end of the last special that, uh, or part three, that it ends on a very, very funny note, I think. A very... It's very epic, to say the least, um, and I want to applaud Jeff right now for giving us such a memorable ending. So um, I'm gonna check back. I'm gonna check back in with you guys afterwards, and um, I'll wrap some stuff up for you guys then. So until then, everyone, here it is: the finale, part four of the Reese special. So please enjoy. We mentioned experiences, and I kind of what I really would like to talk about. And like I said, I, me and Jeff have talked about this extensively. We had like a three-hour phone call, um, and that included this topic as well as politics. But um, do you? Let's see, what was it again that it was? But it was essentially, oh yeah. So, so me and Jeff, we are aspiring filmmakers, and you know we want to make movies. But the problem is, is you know we're in a pandemic, and you know movie theaters are kind of still kind of not like open yet and so there's that and so the whole prospect of you know how are we going to watch movies and there is a i Brees, i'm actually kind of curious to hear your opinion on this like so like months ago it was announced that hbo max was pretty much gonna warner or at least at&t was pretty much announcing that like all of their movies all the movies for 2021 were gonna go 
two theaters and then and also on HBO Max at the same time. And honestly, for me, I mean, I have my own opinions, but I'd like to hear what you have to say first. Uh, Jeff, I kind of know what you feel, but I'd like to hear what you have to say again. But I was really kind of I would really like to hear about like what you feel about this, because I mean, I'll say what I have to say, but I'm more curious what you have to say first. Well, didn't well, didn't they reverse that decision? Because I know like because they did it without the permit. They they kind of like did it without the permission of like a ton of like their uh, of a ton of their talent that they were actually sending over to HBO Max. Like I know I know Dune at least they reversed that decision because oh, of that whole thing. Well, I, I think I, mean, I, I think didn't Dune really is- hear. I didn't really hear. I didn't know. Was it really a reversal? Because I didn't hear about that but all i do know is that the moment that they announced that like you're right every filmmaker was like what the serious fuck um i remember denise because like, it, like it was like in their contracts that they were mm. that they were going to get in like an exclusive theater release and they never you know they never took the time to never like, once did they consult them about this or let them know yeah and so, so they actually like from what i understand like they actually got in like a lot of trouble because like it completely went against the contracts that they had negotiated um you know with their talent for so mm-hmm. I, mean, I i don't fully know since i don't fully keep up with like you know film news to that degree you know i mostly watch like john campia for stuff like that mm-hmm. but you know I, i'd have to look i'd have to look more into it but like from what i understand like i'm pretty sure at least dune they reversed that they reversed that doom was going to be released in theaters along with the hbo max uh, day and date um but yeah like their entire yeah, when it first happened, I was, man, I'm so from a from a purely from a purely selfish point of view, I I liked it just because I know that this year I'm not going to movie theaters and I have free HBO, so I'm like, oh shit, I get to see I get to see Matrix Four for free. Nice. <laughs> I get to see, uh, yeah, I get I get to see all this shit for free. That's cool. But yeah, in terms, you know, taking you know taking you know, the selfishness aside, you know, in terms of the ramifications that it has for the industry, you know, as somebody who does genuinely love the theater experience and who does want to go back to movie theaters once it is safe again, you know, I have to admit it's concern, you know, even, even if these are being rolled back, like that's nice and all, but the fact that, you know, studios are even willing to like consider this in the first place, it is genuinely concerning, you know, cause there is really, because I'm not even like, you know, I'm not as hardcore of a movie, you know, as a, as, as a, of a film, film person as you guys are, you know, especially you, Eric, because you're a film major, but, you know, I genuinely appreciate the theater experience. You know, there's nothing, you know, seeing a movie in theaters is truly nothing like, you know, seeing it at home. And, you know, I don't want, you know, I feel like, especially nowadays, you know, you have the, you know, we're, we're approaching an inevitable future where, while I don't think physical media is going to be extinct, it is it is going to become more and more obsolete. You know, we're we're all, we've already seen it with music. Um, mm-hmm. The video game video games are getting closer to approaching that. You know, you have you know the digital only consoles. This you know this cycle, you have stuff like Xbox Game Pass, and you know, and now you're you know you're also seeing it with movies. You know, most people consume their movies you know through these streaming services. You know, they're not purchasing physical media so much anymore. And movie theaters were really the one thing that was keeping that that aloft. But, you know, obviously now with, you know, the pandemic, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing a huge drop off for understandable reasons. It's not safe yeah. to go to a movie theater right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even when 
it is safe. You know, when people, when there are enough people that are vaccinated so that you can attend a movie theater safely, you know, it's not just going to like automatically go back to normal. There's still going to be people that understandably so have a lot of reservations about going to a movie theater. But the problem is operating a movie theater, you know, is it's really fucking expensive. Like it's not, you know, it's not something it is like, like you are like, you have to put a lot, you have to put a lot of product um, and gross income on the line um, in order to make a profit. And the profit that you do make is really just enough to keep yourself and your employees up afloat. Like running a movie, like running a movie theater is, you know, at least on a franchise by franchise franchise basis, you know, not talking about like, you know, the CEOs and like, you know, the board of directors and stuff like that. They're fine. But like just running an individual movie theater franchise, like that's fucking hard work. And, you know, and, and that's when the theater business is booming. And so, you know, seeing the direction that it is going with that, I, I am genuinely concerned for the future of the movie theater industry. But anyways, I've been talking for long enough. Uh, you guys uh, can talk about your thoughts. As well, you since ahead, I assume yeah. you're a lot more educated than me on this front. Why don't you go ahead, Jeff? I still, I, I, I'm more curious. What do you have to say too about this? Uh, so in terms of the, uh, the HBO Max, uh, shindig, I think it's going to, uh, it may boost subscriptions in the short term, but I think in the long term it's really going to hurt them. And I think because a majority of these movies. So, okay, so so for example, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, that was a twenty million dollar movie, and you put that on a streaming service, it can make that money back very easily. But when you get a big budget movie like Godzilla versus Kong, for example, because uh, I know I know they were uh, Netflix actually placed a bid for two hundred and fifty million dollars, and uh, and Warner Brothers shot that down. And that movie had a, has a budget of about 160, uh, 165, I believe. And so with... Uh, Is this Doom you're talking about? Godzilla or- vs. Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. Forgot about that. And, uh, and so with that, the... Um, uh, fuck, I'm trying not to lose my train of thought. I'm, I'm zoning out a little bit. Right. Uh, we have a talk. We've only been talking three hours, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have, haven't we? <laughs> Uh, so basically when all these movies got delayed, they, uh, that made it even harder for them, for any of them to make a profit because when a, uh, when a movie studio is gathering the finances to put the budget together for these movies, a lot of it is taking out loans. And a lot of these loans are paid back through the box office returns. And because movie theaters were very widespread and, you know, are were a very easily accessible place for the common viewing audience, it was more likely that they were going to make their money back if they played their cards right. But with a with a streaming service, the number one issue is going to be piracy because when a movie was going straight to when a movie was going straight to theaters at best you were going to get a shitty camcorder uh camcorder rip with korean subtitles or something and that's if you're if you're lucky but the moment one of these movies 
that goes on their streaming service, you immediately have a perfect HD screen grab. And that will be downloaded in the hundreds of thousands of times. And some people will pop, will probably sign up for one of these subscription services exclusively for a specific title. And if just, and if just a few thousand of those people decided to download it on Pirate Bay or something, then that's a subscription lost. Subscriptions lost lead to the streaming services failing in the long run. And I think these studios putting all their eggs into these streaming service baskets will backfire because a lot of them will not be profitable for years. And because I think uh, Disney Plus, uh, I think, you know, it, it launched before COVID hit. And I, I read a, a financial report that it wouldn't be profitable for quite a few years. And, uh, and then once COVID hit, you know, Disney took a major hit financially with closing the closing the theme parks and everything just coming to a screeching halt. So the so the point of profitability is getting pushed back more and more and more. And you know, that's just that's just one example. And you know, plus you have Universal, then you have Warner Brothers, and all these different studios just trying desperately to compete one with one another with their own separate streaming services that we're at the point now where the market is completely flooded. And if you have a whole bunch of different streaming services, like if, let's say you have uh, HBO Max, Hulu, uh, Shudder, Disney Plus, uh, you know, whatever else, then you're basically at the point where you're paying for a cable service and the whole point of streaming was to migrate away from cable and the moment uh and, th and there were certain there were certain shows that people held on to their uh held on to their streaming services for like i i knew countless people who held on to netflix just to watch the office but now the office is on peacock and so the more content that leaves these uh, so, so the more content that leaves the third party streaming services that wasn't made exclusively by them, the moment that they leave and go to their own streaming service that's uh, that's made directly by their original owner, then it's just uh, it's just gonna, it's, it's basically just going to be a domino effect, I think. And because for the most part, uh, ex the exclusive content is rather lackluster for, for, for some of these streaming services. Uh, Netflix has something okay here and there, but I mean, they don't have many shows where you uh, like the must have streaming shows where you need to get Netflix, so you need to watch this show. And and I think Netflix's entire model is not going to work in the long run. Like I think Disney Plus is playing it better by having episodes debut week after week. Uh, but when you have... Uh, if I can interject for a moment? Yeah. 
another another so another big advantage that uh disney has You're echoing, I, by the way. yeah i don't know why i have headphones and i shouldn't be echoing but um yeah the thing with um the big advantage that disney has is that because all of the content on disney plus they own they don't have to pay out licensing fees as well for all of right. that content and so they're, they're literally saving billions of dollars like netflix i believe I, I believe John Campio was talking about this um, on his show, and I believe, I, I believe Netflix for just in licensing fees alone, not even the total operating costs. I believe Netflix pays about twelve billion dollars a year just in licensing fees for all of the content that they have sourced on their platforms. But, anyways, uh, continue on your thing, Jeff. Uh, so I think with uh, what was the very last thing I said. <laughs> shit uh, <laughs> shit my bad <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're totally fine man you're totally fine uh, so I apologize if I if I repeat any any of my previous points uh, but so the more streaming services you were, you were saying you were saying that Disney um, is better has a better model with their um, yes, yes. episode week by week rather than Netflix where they just drop it all at once right so with uh so the the problem with uh, with Netflix uh, uh, Netflix's shows, uh, and this is referring to their exclusive content. Uh, so let's say Stranger Things, for example. Uh, personally, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I I think it's a good show, but I I think it's overrated as shit. But that that's a different discussion for another day. Uh, even for a show that uh, uh, that is so talked about i uh i even talked to uh talked about this to to people who who like the show a lot more than me they have a difficult time pinpointing certain elements of the show because once you intake the show all at once it's harder for it to stick with you and then the moment it's done you just kind of move on and when you play things out and take your time, that lets your that lets your show build hype, anticipation. It keeps you it gives you something to look forward to and to keep coming back. Because how many people sign up? Like, uh, if there's one show that someone really wants to watch, how many people sign up for a Netflix free trial, binge it, and then cancel? I mean, that's what happened with the Mandalorian season one. Yeah, I remember. I remember a lot of those going around for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, so how didn't. many? So, oh so how God. many? So how many lost? How how much lost revenue is that right there alone? It's at and least a good hundred million, maybe. It, it it it's a good amount, and and so I think, I think the unless Hollywood scales back on production budgets uh which i which i know will, will be difficult uh-huh. but but i think the because well, for right now there wasn't much of a choice because most of them were already shot and uh and mostly completed but going forward if hollywood really wants to survive then they need to they need to cut back on their budgets if they're going to if they're going to double and triple down on their streaming services, because if you, if you sink $200 million into 
a Netflix movie, most of the time it won't. I don't think it would really pay off. Uh, I unless it's really fucking good, like uh, uh, like the Irishman, uh, because then you're able to build a little more anticipation. But if you have one one fuck up, then uh, it, it's exactly like uh, like the uh, like uh, like Hollywood blockbusters in theaters. Uh, you know, if you if you have one major fuck up, then uh, then the the studio, uh, then certain studio survival is put into question. Like, like, do you remember when Ghostbusters twenty sixteen came out and flopped, and there were speculations about Sony Pictures selling off to to a different company? And that was right after Amazing Spider Man two. Exactly, two of their temple releases uh, that they sunk hundreds of millions of dollars into and both underperformed more than they could have anticipated. And, and that's part of the problem is that they're sinking so much money and a lot of big budget blockbusters suck. They suck bad. And so what I, what I think the solution is cut back and focus on telling good stories again bring that era of because how many times have you uh have you watched a really fucking good movie from the from the 70s or the 80s and in the back of your back of your mind you're thinking god they don't make them like this anymore airplane exactly exactly and Air, airplane was a pretty small budget movie and yeah and all of its, and that movie succeeded because of the talent behind it, and they were able to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And I feel like that's what Hollywood needs to return to. It needs to return to its roots. It needs to drop the polarizing identity politics marketing tactics that they always try to implement. In because most of the time that they implement that, it fails. It fucking fails, and that's not how you. That's not how you garner attention. That's not how you generate hype. It, it's like you, you're trying to pander to Twitter, and Twitter will not. Twitter's not real life. If you like a, any normal, uh, oh, not normal. Like that's that's not the that's not the correct word I wanted to use. Uh, so like, let's say, let's say you're a person working a nine to five and you hear about the new Terminator movie coming out and then you then you see it and then you stumble upon a comment made by the director Tim Miller saying on an interview uh, about his uh, about the about one of the new female characters and point blank saying if you're at all enlightened then she'll play like gangbusters but if you're a misogynist she'll scare the fuck out of you Slightly paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. Most people will probably say, "What the fuck? Why would you even say that?" I'm. I don't care about this. I don't care about this movie anymore. If you're going to talk to me in a condescending tone, and so comments like that cut audience attendance because they don't like being talked down to. Because audiences are not obligated to see your fucking movies. 
you're supposed to be inviting us in because you lured us in with curiosity because I was initially interested in seeing Terminator Dark Fate because I wanted to see Linda Hamilton come back. I wanted to see what Tim Miller, Tim Miller could do with, with the series, but I wasn't wowed by the trailers, but I was still willing to maybe give it a shot because I saw fucking Genesis in theaters and I hated that movie, but I still saw it in theaters because I wanted to give it a shot. And, and then a lot of those involved just kept playing the identity politics route and constantly saying that if you don't support this movie, you're you're an istophobe. And I'm just like, fuck you. I don't <laughs> like why would I why would I pay my money to give to the people that are talking down to to people and like trying trying to guilt trip you into seeing their movies? That's not how you like like could could you imagine if they pulled that in uh like in the in the early '90s, like if uh, like when they're marketing Terminator Two, do you think they would have to do any of that? Like, oh, you better better go see this movie, and if you don't, then oh, uh, uh, then then you're a sexist. You don't like strong women. It's like no, they didn't have to rely on that because the story itself justified calling her calling Sarah Connor a strong woman. And I'm I'm going on a completely different tangent, but. The uh, but the point is, Hollywood has been rolling in bottomless barrels of money for so long, and they pushed the boundaries of what they could really get away with. And now that they basically have their like they have their tail in between their legs, they got to get their shit together. Otherwise, they're not going to survive. So they so they need to cut back on the excessive spending. They need to they need to go back to their roots and focus on storytelling, on craftsmanship, hiring the best people for the job that can bring those stories to life and get people excited to go back to the movie theaters to actually create those wonderful experiences that people hold on to in the past. Because because uh if you ask if you ask anyone in their uh in their 50s or something they will still say i remember the first time i saw star wars because that movie was created was was made to create an experience and tell a story and that's what's really missing because we've endured non-stop cash grabs and remakes and reboots and originality has just been tossed aside and that's what we really need to bring back and so i just think that the streaming service model it'll work for certain uh certain smaller budget projects and shows and it'll it'll drive decent revenue but if they're trying to make that the future of the industry, this is really not going to work out. I I think, and and I think honestly, Hollywood kind of played itself. Like they kind of backed themselves into this corner, and they just they need to pull their head out of their asses. I think for me, uh, I'm not coming here, but I think. I think- for me specifically, 
Um, <clears throat> I agree with a lot of what Jeff has to say. Don't get me wrong. Um, originality has not been around for quite a long time, but you can still find it in independent films. Um, independent, independence or indies for me are really the way to go. Sure. You may, the film you may want to make may not be able to be doable just because of budgetary wise, but if you have a vision, God damn it, do it. Um, you don't really need a studio to do it. And even if the studio approaches you, even you have to be wary of it just because of what's going on. But I mean, honestly, the truth is I don't think as much as I would love to see what Jeff, everything that Jeff has just described going forward. I don't unfortunately see that becoming the case just because Hollywood is too, it's like you said, too wrapped up in their own heads of like how to make money and that's really the root of it. You also have to understand that Hollywood is a business. Filmmaking is a business. The whole industry is a business. It's a it sometimes I mean as much as we love original stories, you also have to remember money is at the heart of it all and you have to think about well what's profitable? Oh, this is profitable. Why I mean, don't we research that? Hold on. Let me let Oh me yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me finish this. It's as much as I as much as as much as I would love to see all of this, I would like to see a new, as much as I would love to see a new star Wars, I'd like to see a new IP come up. Um, as much as I would like to see more better star Trek, probably to be fair, I haven't seen discovering Picard Jeff. That is a discussion for another time. And I, and you know what I mean there, <laughs> but I, I, I would love to see, I would love to see a new IP, but the truth is the matter is everyone's, all the studios are going to keep rehashing because it's the only way to make money. No one, the truth of the matter is like there are no, no one has the attention span as they used to back in the day. Um, new original stuff. It may seem exciting, but you also have to, the studios are also thinking about like how to keep people in theaters and how to keep them in seats and get tickets. And if it means rehashing old shit, so be it. It may for it may not turn out as well, but unfortunately, like I said, talking about rehashing my own, repeating myself, <laughs> here I am doing it. But but yeah, the point is just you have to remember it's all business, and at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is making money and making sure your business is good as usual. And if it for some people, if it means pandering, I mean for some studios, if it means pandering. So, so they don't lose revenue. So be it. Even it, it doesn't matter. Like, even if they try and adopt it, I'm sure there will be massive people like, well, this isn't what we wanted. Fuck you. Uh, um, and I don't want I truly, I do not want to see that happen, but it is probably what's going to happen for quite a long time, unfortunately. But, but yeah, I mean, the whole, I mean the whole, uh, let me tell you about, and yeah, the whole experience is about movies and going to a movie theater. Trust me, I'm there because as much as I remember watching the movie, I remember my first experience watching Spider-Man in theaters, the very first Spider-Man. I remember watching Revenge of the Sith in theaters, how that was a, how that was a slam packed of a night. I remember having to wait in line just to get into the theater. Cause we, um, I remember also Jeff, I remember when we watched the dark Knight rises with, you, me, Ryan, Jimmy, John, Emily, and those guys. 
Like yeah, that dude. was a, that was a religious experience. And then I also remember watching um, the Last Jedi with you and Galen in theaters. I remember watching Force Awakens with you. I remember you taking you inviting me to see the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, and watching Jurassic World. I remember those experiences. Absolutely. So as much so again, as much as I would love to see, as much as I would love to go see another movie, the movie in theaters, I am also like, I get, I I also will have to probably watch movies from the comfort of my home home for a while. Because again, as Reese pointed out, there's that apprehension. There's that like, well, is it safe? Is it, is it it safe to to go back or not? Like, I don't want to get sick or whatnot. I don't know. So, like in, and in, in no way am I trying to trying to guilt trip anyone into into saying like, oh, you you better go back to the movie theater. No, it's like it's like I understand the situation that we're all in, and that's why I'm saying that these big budget movies will not survive on streaming. So if oh, Hollywood, yeah, absolutely if, not. And so if Hollywood wants to survive, then they need to cut back on their budgets and focus on creativity, right? On, go, on good storytelling. Because the model that they've been trying to adopt is not going to apply to the streaming services because mm. that's not going to drive subscriptions. That's not going to get views. And it could, because it, it, it could probably work in, it might work in the box office on, in certain cases. But, but if you don't have that, then you're, you're fucked, honestly. Yeah. And, and, and so, my point. My point going on that, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but oh, yeah, I no, would just, fine, man. as much as I, and I totally agree with you on all that, dude, but the point is, I don't think Hollywood won't see it that way. They're they just going to be, no way. <laughs> because again, it comes down to money. It's what it is. You have to remember, dude, it's a business. That's it, what comes first. You have to, we do, by the way, we live in capitalist America and that's as far as I'm going into politics, <laughs> but <laughs> And but you know it's all about profit and loss. If like unfortunately, and like it's all about business. business. Yeah, yeah, ain't no business like show business. Exactly. So, as much as I agree with you, Jeff, like they really should adopt. They really should start doing more original stuff to get more people to be enticed into watching it. They're not going to do it because to because unfortunately, it won't make as much money. And and it and again, the big studios are all about money, money, money. But there's an old story I remember from watching from there's an old saying I heard from watching this special on Lou Pearlman, the infamous uh, creator behind the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. The number one thing I heard was number one, get the money Two, get the money. Number three, get the fucking money. I know. And but my my only counter to that is, is that Hollywood has always been a business that's never changed but what has changed is is how that so even uh so you know throughout the history of hollywood you know we had uh you know the, during the golden age of, of cinema during uh you know the the 50s the 60s 70s onward throughout all those decades you have so many celebrated classics i mean and technically the the, the highest grossing movie of all time, you know, adjusted for inflation is from the thirties and that's gone with the wind. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly. Movie. And so with, uh, and so the, the business mentality or the, the business strategy has never changed. What is, what I think has changed 
is how they is how they approach it mm. and they've approached it by taking less risk and that and not taking those risks has compromised them in the long run it made them a profit at face value for a while but now with this pandemic that's that's going to f- have to force them to be more financially smart because like you said it's all about the money well if they want to have that money then they need to get their shit together this is yeah again i agree too but i just feel like hollywood won't won't do that for sure (laughs) did i just hear that in the background that's that's my ringtone (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i feel like yeah again and and yeah I, i totally agree it's just i don't think hollywood will ever do it because to them they're trying to they're trying to do things that make money and that's old franchises and it's not going to be new ip stuff but and also going but, but the but, going but also like, like oh sorry go ahead reese i was like i was gonna say like another thing going going off of that you know when it comes to like you know ballooning production budgets you know a large a large portion of that money allocated goes towards actors and you know per- personally i think you know at least a lot of the you know the top name actors i think are like ludicrously and severely overpaid like don't get me wrong they're incredibly talented people but like you know leonardo caprio doesn't need to be making 200 million dollars per film like that's like absolutely ridiculous for like a film and you know you know you could just say oh well we don't need people like leonardo caprio but at the same time you have the studio heads that are like no we need we need the big name action actors because that's how we're going to get our things to sell and it's like yeah but Hmm. that requires an insane investment up front and so you have that, you know, you have, you know, those whole competing mentalities as well. Well, I, I feel like in a way that we're uh, movies are kind of shifting away from the uh, from the movie star uh, attraction, because 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 for a while people would go would watch a movie strictly because an actor, a certain actor was in it. Like they were the box office draw, like they were. Uh, like I mean, for decades, actors were basically just one giant marketing tool mm-hmm. for, for for the studio. But uh, but now, you know, if you know a star does not sell a movie anymore, it's the, the character that sells a movie. It's uh, well, it's a lot of things because I mean, if uh, if that was still the case, then you know, the Mummy with Tom Cruise would have made almost a billion dollars. But or hell, look at. Oh, look at how a lot of studios are trying to put uh, Tom Holland and everything. Like no one gives a shit, exactly. and that's and that's no shit. That's no shit against Tom Holland. You know he's a great actor, but like I like him. You know, but yeah. but like but, but like just, his, but just his, shoving him into everything isn't gonna be instant revenue. Yeah. Yeah, merit, yeah, his merits on its own because a film, you know, it's a collaborative effort. You know, with you know involving hundreds, if not thousands, of people. The merits of one individual isn't going to change the minds. Uh, for a lot of people and 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 it shouldn't because one person isn't going to carry an entire production exactly and and uh and i I think actually yeah i I think even better example is um that fucking dr doolittle movie with robert downey jr tremendous (laughs) box office bomb and that's and and robert downey jr you know one of the most one of the most popular actors out there you know headlining this movie his first movie post endgame and it failed spectacularly 
because voice in well, that movie too. He, he was, and they and they they tried pushing that, but Robert Downey Jr. is box office gold when the Marvel logo is attached to him. When you take that out of him, because people go, if Robert Downey Jr. is in a Marvel movie, people will go. But if Robert Downey Jr. is by himself on a separate project, you, lightning is not going to strike twice. I can't, I there's can't actually, understand that. There's actually another great example of that. So I'm not sure if y'all remember, you know, the early stages of the MCU, like right after, right after the first phase, you know, there was all the, you know, the contract negotiation drama that was going between like the veteran actors. And one of the biggest ones was Robert Downey Jr. Because, you know, after Iron Man 1, you know, his, you know, his status and his price shot real up shot really high up and so there were questions on whether or not that marvel was even going to be able to negotiate you know a contract with him going forward throughout the rest of the films and obviously that eventually did end up coming to fruition and while it's technically not confirmed one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people um hypothesize on is there was this movie that uh downey starred in starred in and directed called the judge and it was hotly anticipated at the time because this was you know I think this was just after this was a directorial debut. I think. Yeah. 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 I didn't even know he directed that. Oh yeah. That I knew he even directed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, this was actually a really hotly anticipated movie because this was like Downey, like in his prime after just having his ass fucking saved by the first Iron Man film, you know? And, um, to say that the film, to say that the film was a pan would be quite the understatement. Like it was, like people trashed on that film. I haven't seen it myself, so I can't comment on it. But I have never, I haven't seen anybody ever talk positively about that movie. Like it got fucking trashed. And mere months after that movie debuted in theaters, it was announced that his contract got renewed um, for uh, years to come. And so, I think that just kind of, I think that just kind of um, adds credence to Jeff's points there, specifically regarding um, Downey Jr. And then on and then on top of that, you know, even continue with Downey Jr. Let's let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. Let's look at uh let's look at a, a film that came out, I believe, the same year as the first Iron Man, uh, Tropic Thunder. Uh a fucking phenomenal film that just gets better as time goes on, in my opinion. Like, I mean, I'd argue really that, films, um, that, that that fucking movie could not be made today, which is weird to say because <laughs> the movie is not that old. And it's fun, and like that—that that film is like a cult classic today. Like everybody, like I mean, I mean, people adore that film today, and obviously, like people love Robert Downey Jr.'s role in that movie with, for good reason because he's phenomenal in that film. Oh yeah, well, that's know, the whole point name. of that role is because it's making fun of the yeah, blackface. Exactly. exactly, but but the point is, it wasn't Robert Down, it wasn't Downey Jr.'s name that sold that movie. It, it was the premise of the film itself. It wasn't Ben Stiller that sold the movie. It wasn't Jack Black that sold it. It was just the pre- it was the premise uh, of the film itself that sold the concept of the film to people, not necessarily the actors that were involved. Maybe they maybe the actors involved led some intrigue to a lot of the people going like, "Huh, Ben Stiller in this role. That's interesting. Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. Hmm, interesting." But <laughs> but it was ultimately, but I feel like you would have gotten that same sort of intrigue regardless of who was in those roles not to diminish the actors who did a fine job in that movie of course because tropic thunder is fucking phenomenal no absolutely man because yeah i can i can back that up because 
I mean, uh, I remember seeing uh, TV spots for for Tropic Thunder when that was coming out, and I was sold on it just off the premise. And because uh, I I love I love comedies that are about filmmaking. Uh, like one of my uh, uh, one of my personal favorites is this movie called uh, Living in Oblivion. It's uh it's about it basically just makes fun of everything that could possibly go wrong on an independent film set, and it's it's fucking hilarious. And and so I felt I thought Tropic Thunder was going to kind of play off things like that and, you know, take a uh, take some jabs at uh, at the at the industry a little bit, which it totally does. And it's hilarious. Yeah, like, for an understatement. Because <laughs> like, cause like I, I feel like, you know, like a Jack Black's character, like I feel like that's a jab at Adam Sandler or something or or like when Eddie, or, or like when Eddie Murphy was doing all those terrible family movies and yeah. playing multiple characters or something, trying to use, trying to re relive that nutty professor success. And or even not even just the actors, but like, even like the business people, like, you know, going back to Tom Cruise as like, Les Tom Cruise. Oh man. Tom Cruise is a fucking legend. That movie. <laughs> Dude, you know, he learned, you know, he learned a hip, I guess he did an interview of Conan where he apparently was like talking about how, like he took a hip hop class because he did not know when it was going to come in handy. Look where that got, <laughs> <laughs> and God bless him for it. Mm. Yeah, and even that, and then I, even though he's in a smaller role, you know, even Matthew uh, Matthew McConaughey in his role, just you know, completely, you know, completely, you know, parroting, you know, um, compare parroting, you know, this uh, producer torn between two lines of doing the moral thing and doing it for the money and always and always at the end of the day going for the money and somehow at the very end of the film it just happens to go the right way being like being like the suck up that he is like it's 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 so crafted perfectly but anyways i'm kind of going off into a tangent fuck i want to watch tropic thunder now (laughs) i'll be honest i had my chance to watch it on netflix and i missed it i own the movie so Yep, that's, I'll watch that's, exactly, I'll that's watch exactly why I'll forever be a physical media guy. Because whenever I'll someone watch, complains, oh no, point. they took it down. I'm just like, ah, I got it on Blu-ray. For I'll watch it. At some point. I don't know. It's kind of like it's like certain. It's like certain movies or certain TV shows. I just I know I want to watch them, but I just can't bring myself to watch them at some point. It's kind of like, well, I hate to bring it up, Jeff, but you and Cobra Kai. It's like I know Cobra Kai is a great show. I just can't bring myself to watch it. I don't understand your thought process. <laughs> I, neither do I, quite frankly. I, I don't understand because I mean, because I think Karate Kid's fucking astounding. It's great. Um, yeah, but like the original, not the Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan version. But the point still yeah. stands. Like you want to talk? Okay, you want to talk about a trilogy that honors this the story like proper and like with respect. The Cobra Kai like honors all three original Karate Kids with such respect. And how would you know? You haven't fucking watched it, Eric. Um, because I've watched interviews and I understand and I know that I've heard all the I've seen clips on YouTube. So like, I'm not completely in the blind. Watch Cobra. I will watch it at some point. Cobra Kai never dies. Okay. D- don't make look, me look. Don't make me look, boys, don't make me come over the there, Mister. The best trilogy of all time. Let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Wait, what? Which trilogy did you say? The Back to the Future trilogy. Um, yeah, that's a good trilogy too. That, 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 
Please don't, please don't reboot that trilogy, Hollywood. Please don't. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I, I, okay, I, I'll actually, I'll actually combat that. Uh, I love Back to the Future, one of the best movies ever made. Part two, very good. Part three, it's okay. Lord of the Rings, best trilogy ever made. You know that that's fair. That's fair. Lord, Lord of the Rings is fucking incredible. Lord of the Rings like, is pretty fucking. I'm not even into fantasy genre, but like even I like can recognize like how incredible of a feat like that entire trilogy is like that's one of the one of the best um one of the best adaptations of a of a book to a film ever made in my opinion absolutely absolutely but yeah no i think that's i think that's overall how we feel in terms of the state of the industry and whatnot i mean i i will forever look forward to the day when we can go back and watch movie theaters and I can actually come back and see you guys. I mean, I'm in LA. I'm kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a shit show in terms of the pandemic. Um, so I can't really go, I can't really leave. And if I, if let's put it this way, if I leave LA, I have to come back in quarantine for 10 days. And I'm like on someone who's working at an essential business and I need the money. I'm like, I can't afford to do that right at the moment. Yeah. So I'm going to wait till it dies down a bit. Um, I don't yeah, know when so it'll much, happen, but it will. There is so much shit that I took for granted pre-pandemic that I am just looking forward to be able to like fully embrace and appreciate again, like once it's safe again. Like I'm not even I'm not even talking about like you know going to theaters you know and concerts and you know mm-hmm. conventions like obviously I'm looking forward to that stuff I have stacks I have a fucking stack of tickets for rescheduled shows like literally sitting right next to me but like uh, even yeah. stuff just like even stuff just like being able to hug my friends you know shit you know sappy ass shit out like that guys <laughs> would be like a thing would just be standard I mean like so I found out that. Um, my brother my older brother um he he got a dog recently and um her name is kelby she's like a little like golden retriever and it kills me that i'm not there to play around with that dog she's a puppy right now but it kills me i'm not there to play around with that dog and like uh, get to know her better at the moment when i so i won't be able to see her in her infants i won't be able to hang around with her when she's smaller so when i see her she'll be a much bigger but i'm like damn i wish i I wish I could have been there, you know, but like, I'm, yeah. I'm not there with my mom. I'm there to see my mom. I'm not there to see my brother. I'm not there to see you guys. I, I mean, I know Reese, the last time I was home, I couldn't see, I mean, I could see you, but I couldn't, we'd have to like chat on FaceTime or whatnot, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's an interesting situation we all live in right now. So we can own. So I will yeah, say let's... is. Let's all let's just say if I got for the way to get you on Monterey because I know a ton of good spots in Monterey that I can uh, take you on the tour. Dude, you're talking sure. to someone who basically goes there like it's a second home. I know exactly. That's, that's true. I forgot because, like, um, yeah, because I, I know your mom has a lot of connections in Monterey. Too. It's not just my mom; it's my fucking dad. Like all, like those two met. My, my dad's from Monterey. My mom lived in Monterey from '75 till like, from '73 to like. Seven till at least the late eighties. No, the early eighties. Then, <laughs> dude, I know every fucking area of the Monterey Peninsula. For so, don't even, don't even try, don't even try me. I I know where I'm going to Monterey. But can you believe we've been talking since seven o'clock and it's already eleven as of this recording? Uh, work tomorrow is going to be so fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> work is. I mean, Jeff, it won't be as bad as when I um 
when uh, I convinced you to watch both of the Raid films and you got like, what, five hours of sleep before work? And that was when you were still working at BJ's too, I think. Oh, God. I, 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 do it be- I did it because I love you, Reese. BJ's is a uh, you, you restaurant. You did it because the movies were fucking amazing. That too. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I, remember, uh, I remember like uh, we finished the first movie and then the second one starts and I'm like, oh, how long is this? Holy fuck, this is two and a half hours. <laughs> But it's two and a half hours of some of the greatest like fight choreography and stunt choreography you will ever witness. In oh yeah, and, it's, oh, and yeah. it's shot so well, like it oh really my god, fucking is. Oh my god, no. I, I think my favorite one of my I think one of my all time favorite fight scenes is oh dude. By the way, Reese, how fucking brutal is that? So after he so he fights the he fights the the siblings. So after he fucking like kills her with her own hammer, he bashes his head. He bashes the brother's head in with one swipe, one swipe into the wall. And like when the body falls down, the bat is embodied, embodied in the fucking skull. I'm like, shit. It's such, oh. it's such a, it's like, that's such how brutal the raid is. <laughs> They cut the camera at like the perfect time too. Like the second it impacts, and you're just like, like you get to like some movies they don't bounce. They they'll either show too much or they'll show too little. This one like they show just enough to where you feel the full visceral impact of it, but they mm-hmm. leave just enough out to where you can still use your imagination. Like it's so oh god, I I adore those two movies so much. It's kind of like how at the end of like season one. Kind of like how, like at the end of season one of The Punisher, when um, he's being or Frank is being tortured by Agent Orange, and he, he gets out of the restraints and just eye gouges the fuck out of him. I'm like, oh, it was like one of the few fair, times they I show, watched, like, fair, they show everything in that. Like they don't, like they don't leave anything to the imagination. <laughs> oh my god, I still haven't seen season two of that season of that series yet. Um, uh, season two is. Uh... Uh, I'll be honest with you, Reese. I haven't even seen season three of Daredevil, and I season, do not know. Season why. three of Daredevil is fucking great. Definitely go they see better season bring, three. They better bring back Daredevil in some capacity in the MCU. They they have to. Confession: I still haven't seen any of these fucking shows. I know, I, I know. Watch, but, um, watch season one through three of Daredevil. See the first season of Jessica Jones, and see the first season of Punisher. Honestly, that's all you need to see. Ignore everything else. What? Watch no, De- no watch Iron De- Fist. At least watch. Well, at least watch Defenders. At least Defenders was better than anything that C- the CWDC shows released. Uh, yeah, but then then he has to watch Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And to, to be to be fair, Luke Cage kills me because the first half of that first season is really is great, good. and then the second I half just the first, alters. The second half just shits the bed, and it's just completely uninteresting and boring. Didn't you like? Didn't you like Iron Fist though? Like, or in I, retrospect, I, you realized it, how it, shitty yeah, it's, it, it's, that first season it, was. It's not shitty. It's just forgettable. Like, <laughs> like, like it's not. It's not something where it's like. Like it's not it's not so bad that it's good. It's not even bad, but it's not even bad bad. It's just mm. de- it's decent. From what I've heard, the uh, uh, the same creative team behind uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are uh, responsible for Inhumans. Well, Scott Buck, the the yeah the man that dude, one, the guy behind season one of Iron Fist worked on all of Inhumans. 
and you know how that show turned out. All uh, all seven of them. <laughs> well, okay, didn't well, okay, that's why I remember Scott Buck. He helped work he worked on Dexter and I know how that show turned out. Yeah, yeah, I think he worked on like the last season of Dexter, I think. Oh, the last couple God, seasons. I hated that finale. Oh. I, I Talk about a show that does not end on a good note. There's it proves my point that the only show that ends perfectly is Breaking Fucking Bad. Breaking Bad is fucking glorious. I almost got that's that's a side that's a side note. <laughs> that's a side I note. Still need, by the I, way, I, I did anyone see that. did anyone see El Camino by any chance? Oh the, god, yes. The movie? Did the day it came out. Me too. And I have to say that was so satisfying to see Jesse get a happy ending after all this. Cause I, I talked to I talked to a few people and they kind of said, Oh, I was I was kind of disappointed. Uh but I don't know, like it, it was it was kind of what I wanted it to be. Like I wasn't I didn't want this I didn't want this action heavy shootout fest or anything. Like I just I wanted something subdued. I wanted something I, I wanted an epilogue basically to Breaking Bad and that's exactly Well no, what this is got. the perfect epilogue. And it is and it ends with Jesse finally escaping to Alaska. No oh, shit. Am I spoiling this for Reese? I wasn't even paying attention what Never mind. I'm not even spoiling. Okay, sorry, sorry, everybody. All, I'm not all, I, heard, I'm not all I heard was all I heard was Jesse in Alaska, and so I have no idea what the, I have no idea how that. Well, basically, at the end of season, at the end of the of the finale, so at the end of the finale, we see Jesse finally get away from, you know, the white supremacists, uh, because you know Walter helped. I I, I don't know. I, I barely know the story of Breaking Bad, so this is really you've never watched Breaking Bad. Okay, you need Did to you, watch Breaking Bad. Did you not hear me when I just said that in the mic? <laughs> no, you, you, you were kind of breaking up. Honestly. Yeah, you were, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was like, I actually haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. That's what I, that's what uh, I did. And then okay. we proceed to spoil everything. And then we proceeded to talk about it. Oh, oops, I, I, my I mean, I have no idea what I was even spoiled on. I have no idea. You better shut the fuck up while we're ahead. <laughs> yep, <Exactly>. moving on. <laughs> uh, but, Okay, we pro. Okay, as much as I would love to talk further, I think we've been going on for four hours. Uh, If to anyone who actually listened this long, God bless you. You are glorious champions. If we're if I post this to YouTube, if I we probably, I mean, if if anything, I might cut this up and uh, do two. I'm the one editing these. What are you talking about? It's true. I will send you the audio files, but. Reese, I want to thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. Um, it's been so great to it's been great to catch up with you and hear your thoughts on a lot of these things. Thanks for roasting the shit out of Wonder Woman with me. <laughs> oh, it, the pleasure was mine. The pleasure was mine. Uh, you know, you, you know, you know me. I love I love me a good barbecue. Actually, there's one you thing know. I want to edit. There's one thing I want to end end on, and that's uh, what are the movies are we looking forward to this year? Um, I have a few. 
most of them are going to be on at least a couple of them are going to be on HBO Max as far as I know but all um, I care about is Godzilla versus Kong I've never been dick teased by a movie so much in my life that I'm just like god damn it I just I want a fucking trailer I just want to see the big monkey punch the big lizard in the fucking face I've been, this movie's been pushed back so many times I've never been given a, an official promotional image I haven't been given shit just give me the fucking movie to be um, fair, Jeff, like it just did get pushed forward recently. And so I'm so good. happy because it's just a few days after my birthday. So I'm like, something went right. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's not 2020 anymore. That's I know. It's right. like <gasps> the it's like So the, I'll just say that um the movie I'm looking forward to right now is Mortal Kombat. Uh, that looks promising, uh, based upon the stills alone. And um I'm really curious to see how that first trailer comes out and um that's the movie i want to see at least this year most of all i can't think of any other movie that's coming out fuck i mean uh, eventually matrix will make its way dude uh, tom and jerry obviously oh what the fuck dude <laughs> Duh, come on man um reese you got something you got something that you're looking forward to yeah there isn't really any movies that i'm like omega hype for this year but i'm I think that's more just because of the pandemic. And so I'm just like, because it's been so long since like, I've really been like invested in like, you know, ongoing movies that are, that are coming out. I haven't really thought about it too much. The Mm. only big thing on my mind that at least right now it's supposed to come out in 2021. I personally think it's going to get pushed back to 2022, but I'm going to talk about it because it's the most, the thing I'm most excited for right now is uh, matrix four. I understand, you know, the Wachowskis, they don't have a great track record when it comes to, filmmaking including the matrix another filmmakers that started off great and then they kind of just dipped but like i'd be lying if i didn't say that i'm like really fucking intrigued by matrix 4 i mean it's starring a bunch of characters that were pretty definitively dead and it, it seems like it's not going to be a reboot it seems like it's going to be a direct sequel and i don't know i'm i'm genuinely curious to see uh uh the wachowski sisters tackle this universe again and you mm-hmm. know um yeah, I, mean, I need to see a trailer first again to totally judge it for myself, and I hope it's at least somewhat as good as the... You know, even Matrix Reloaded, you know? I don't care what anyone says. I like Matrix Reloaded. It's not as good as the first, but, you know, I, I still enjoy the hell out of it. I, so, I like if, that. I, I'm, really, so, I'm really curious how they're going to justify the lack of Morpheus. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's true. John, John Wick 4 doesn't come out this year, does it? That yeah. doesn't come out till 2022, does it? So I can't say um, I can't say that. Yeah, I mean, if I John, know, seriously, John if, if, I know James Gunn's. I'm sorry. John what say? If John Wick oh, yeah. was coming out, that would probably be my most hyped film because I mean, I fucking love the John Wick trilogy so far, and That's three right, just yeah. ends, up, ends off on such a good cliffhanger and premise, and like I, I, I want to see like that. I want to see that. Re- um, come to life like it's it's so uh yeah so you've, you've um, all seen you've all seen chapter three right of course i have that's a brilliant that's like one of the that's actually probably my favorite of the three so yeah I, so seeing so I, seeing I, I, actually i i haven't finished it oh i almost oh i almost just spoiled the end thank you for saying that jeff <laughs> yeah I, I feel like shit I, I better fucking say something <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you, you were, I was literally like this close to like spoiling the end and I'm glad I didn't. Whew. Um, go see chapter three and, uh, you're going to be, I'm, you're going to be very ex- intrigued and excited for chapter four. That's all I'm going to say. My body's ready. Oh my God. But in the meantime, Matrix 4 will have to suffice for 2021. So, well, Reese, I want to thank you again for coming on. And like, this is really great to catch up with you. I'm really glad that you're, that you're doing all right. And, um, you're doing the best you can out there. And so, um, I would let, why don't, when we come back, when we eventually come back and reconvene, actually, what's up? up, Hold up. Actually, (laughs) there's there's one other film that I'm like, actually like genuinely excited. excited for. No, but it's it's not because it's not because of hype. It's like I'm I'm like ready for like all I am ready for to face the full force of Zack Snyder's inner teenage angst when the four hour Justice League Snyder cut hits HBO Max in late 2021. Because holy shit, that's going to be that is going to be like the most that's in March. That's in March. It's only a couple months away. That's in March. I thought that was. At, I thought that was at the oh, end no, of. Oh that's coming in March, dude. I, March thought was, I thought that was like coming out in like fucking November. Damn, oh, March twenty twenty one. That's when it comes out. Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah. my god. I'm writing. I am. Oh, yeah. By yeah. the way, I want. I think. I think it's gonna be terrible. I like. I think. It, I think this movie is gonna be terrible, and I'm like. But I'm like. So, I'm so ready for it. Like I want to. I want to see. It can't be as know, bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, apparently it's supposed to be like super fucking edgy. Like apparently Batman says fuck in the movie like multiple times, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, I'm there. I want, I want to see, I want to see, te- I want to see Zack Snyder as the 50 year old teenager he is make this teenager's definition of this fucking edgy ass, dark and gritty movie, and oh my gosh, like I, <laughs> I mean, what I'm more, I'm what I'm more curious to see about that movie and jeff uh, by the way jeff is the one person do you want to say what you want to say about justice league jeff because i feel like it's best if if, uh, if i'm if i'm being honest uh i really gotta take a shit <laughs> <laughs> so right. i think i'm i'm gonna step out right now so i'm gonna i'm gonna give my final farewell uh so why don't so why don't we just call it a night that, uh, so why don't we just end this right yeah we'll, uh, we'll we'll do this again we'll do this again some other time to be continued everyone on that front but thanks again Reese for coming in I really appreciate you uh, doing this with us and um, yeah man let's do this again soon okay how about oh, that dude, absolutely I, I, I had man. a blast I had a blast so, talking my ass off and listen to all y'all talk your asses off too Wonderful. Absolutely, man. So from all of us here, everybody, thanks for tuning in to this goddamn four-hour-long episode of special of Two Nerds Gays in a Podcast. So when we come back, it'll be definitely much shorter, and we'll be talking about something more succinct. (laughs) So, uh, But this was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm listening to this shit. Like, goddamn. Get a lot. Yeah, who's going to listen to this? But uh, (laughs) All right, everybody. This is Eric speaking. Um, I I speak for Jeff because he's got to go take a shit. So Um, later. I I am Jeff. I'm going to go poop. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Next level. As I 
mentioned, it was definitely a memorable ending. So kudos to Jeff for bringing us home. Literally, kind of. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was that was honestly a really fun night with Reese, and I was really glad to catch up with him because that was the first time I had spoken to Reese in uh, maybe about a couple years. Um, so it was really good. And so since then, as uh, you guys have probably heard multiple times, you know, Reese has been back. I brought him back for, well, we brought him back for the Snyder Cut, which we have reviewed. Um, and then we brought him back for, um, I brought him back personally back for uh, WandaVision and the Falcon of the Winter Soldier because, you know, Jeff wasn't like really into those shows. And um, expect Reese to come back because uh, he, he's already agreed to do some, uh, do some f- future episodes with us. And uh, we really enjoy having him on here, me especially, of course. And um, it's inevitable that we're going to do bench warmers at this point. Um, also, I do want to apologize for the echo that um, shows up at points during when I speak. For whatever reason, the audio was like weird in places, and I could we could hear an echo. And as of course uh, Reese pointed out, so I was like, I hey, do the best I can with trying to fix it. Um, obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, the audio was, uh, took a moment to figure out, but now I'm a lot better at capturing it, but at the time, I was still a little bit blue in terms of trying to figure this stuff out, so, um, but yes, everyone, we have finally reached the end of the Reese special, and, uh, Reese is definitely coming back for sure, um, so, in the meantime, everyone, uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening like yeah, I really like to thank you all for listening to uh, today's Saturday special. Um, be sure to follow the show at uh, TNAPCast on Instagram. That's T N A A P C A S T. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave uh, like, leave a like and uh, comment on our videos. Uh, give us suggestions there, and of course, be sure to uh, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify because that's the only two platforms that we're currently on in terms of audio strictly. So. Um, In the meantime, we will be back with future installments every Friday, of course, and who knows what other Saturday specials may come. Um, I already know what I want to talk about, and I already know who we're bringing back for sure for some of those. So, everyone, I really hope you enjoyed listening to the three of us talk for four hours in parts. Who knows? I actually might do a full audio uplink up to... (laughs) Up to... uh, (laughs) Up to the web who knows i haven't decided yet but all right everyone that's going to be it for two nerds gays in a podcast uh at least for this saturday so uh from all of us here this is eric saying stay shiny everyone have a good one next level, next level, next level, next level, next level.